Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers. This week on the show, we talk about what to do when your results come out and the different resources available to you. We also look at recent news stories, including a record-breaking data breach fine and how the Women's World Cup has exploded the gender pay gap debate, as well as answering some questions from our students. I'm Connor from the education team and I'm joined today by Kate. Hi, Hi Kate. everyone. Um, so Kate, I suppose, what advice would you have for someone who's waiting for their results to come out on Monday? I know it's obviously a very stressful time for students. Yeah. Um, is there any advice you'd have for someone after they, they check the results, see what they got? Yeah, I mean, I guess what we've been kind of saying from the beginning um, is just because you're waiting on results now doesn't mean that you should totally stop studying for the exam that you think that you're going to take. So I would probably say that don't, you know, maybe waste time this week or the, the energy that you might put into worrying about what results you're going to get on Monday. Use that energy to, to kind of start studying for your new exam. And if it is a case that you, you know, that you need to repeat that that you haven't wasted time because the hours that you spend learning a new um course will, will stand to you um so so yeah i would probably say we it's it's six weeks kind of right after they get the yeah, results yeah. to the next exam so that's not a huge amount of time so we would we would advise that you would you would stay focused and keep studying yeah i think it really comes down to just don't panic regardless when you get your results don't panic if it hasn't gone your way, it's not the end of the world. Don't let that be the, the be all and end all of your ACCA journey. You know, most students we talk to have hiccups along the way where they, they do fail a subject, but just don't let that derail you. If you've, as Kate said, if, if you're preparing for a different subject um, in the September sitting, don't lose focus of that. Don't lose a week studying that because you're, you know, you're so caught up on that fail. It's, it's really just a bit of a road bump and, the sooner you can kind of get past that and, and plan for your next steps um, is going to be, you know, you, you're going to have a much yeah. better chance of passing in September. So, like, we've all done exams. I'm sure you've done exams. I know how stressful it is when you're waiting yeah. for results and, you know, the, the kind of swing between this, you know, amazing elation and the happiness of passing or how disappointed you can be. But it's it's really just about knowing that's that's not, you know, the end of the world. There's a lot of resources that we're going to talk about a bit later for kind of planning your next steps. But don't lose um, focus of your kind of long term goal of, yeah. of getting through your ACCA. It's it's just a bit of a um, a bit of a slowdown, really. But it's about not panicking. Yeah. And this is almost not the worst time, but regardless, your result is your result. So so the time that you might spend worrying about um, about that you know between now and your results even if it is this podcast will be out Saturday so you're really just waiting a day but don't tr- keep busy that day you know and 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 um I think that the you're not your result is going to be your result so use your time effectively today and and keep focused yeah and I mentioned that we're going to have some kind of supporting resources so Next week on Wednesday, we'll be running a results webinar. And really, that's a, a chance, um, regardless of if you if you passed an exam or if you failed an exam, to come on and ask your questions um, and get advice on the next steps. So if you had failed an exam, you can get advice on, on you know whether to resit that exam in September, whether to hold off and focus on a different exam. We're going to go through all those issues and questions that you have. So... That's um, and the reason we have it on Wednesday is we you know we don't want to leave too long between um, 
when you get re your results, but it, it's also good to digest for a day or two. So you'll get them on Monday to really think about what you what you want to do next or what time you have available and to come onto that webinar with all your questions because the whole purpose of that session is to really help you with all those decisions and planning those next steps and kind of getting over the result or you know getting past if hopefully people are successful and they'll be looking you know forward to the next thing but it's it's making a plan and getting back into that um that kind of study mode that we always talk about so that you keep moving forward you keep progressing um so any tips you'd have for anyone coming into that webinar case the webinar Nick I suppose have your questions ready use that time effectively you know get your notes ready we we hear that a lot of the time students students learn from other students questions so make sure you're kind of taking notes taking it all in and uh, knows yeah I know exactly we say it's a, it's a really unique opportunity to be able to speak directly with with um with our head tutors so it's 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 about prepping and knowing knowing what you want to ask I think Yep, and then another resource that we will have available, well, firstly, it becomes available from the ACCA is they release all their exam report debriefs. Um, and then we at Learn Signal we get our tutors to do um, our own debrief of these, kind of highlighting the key points uh, that the ACCA examining team have been making. So we're going to have a lot of videos uh, going up on your course page next week. And this is a really important area, and we always... Um, we direct people to these videos kind of throughout the study cycle, but it's really useful to look at when it's still fresh. So I'd say when you get your results, regardless of if you've passed or failed, to look for that um, exam report for the exam you did, because it's really useful to, to kind of just take that time to reflect on how you'd answered those exams, how you'd performed in them, and read it alongside um, these debriefs. And even if you've passed, you'll find a lot of useful information about, you know, what students did well, what students, what went wrong for students. And particularly if you've failed and, you know, sometimes when we fail, we go straight on the defensive and we think, how did I possibly fail? I did all this, you know, I wrote so much. Those debriefs are a really good way to see what were kind of the common pitfalls that student makes. And you might make a link to some of the mistakes that you'd actually made. Um, so I think it's really important next week, alongside your results, you do reflect on how you performed in those exams, how you could have maybe answered things better, what you could have done differently. Um, so that's a really useful resource that we have up. The other thing I'd say for, for anyone who's sitting an exam in the September sitting, um, even if you're doing an exam for the first time, next week is the time to read those new exam report debriefs Um for the subject that you'll be doing because you'll find a lot of really useful advice in them and if you can bring that into your study now and bring that into how you answer questions uh, it's going to be a huge advantage to you when you get to that exam because you'll avoid those mistakes that that other students are making and you know it'll ensure that you answer um, the questions as best you can and it's, it's really important you're thinking about that at this stage. Um, I know okay you, we market them quite a lot uh, those exam report debriefs is, is that something students should just continuously be keeping in mind um, that advice that's given from the examining team? Yeah, I think that we have created, a, you know, a bit of a recipe in terms of must 
um, must complete for students and you know one of them is boot camp one of them examiner's report mock etc and and we do it for a reason and that it's proven um, it, it's proven that it will it will stand to you for your next exam the at the end of the day there's a technique to what you're doing um, there's lots of elements that ta- technique we talk about a lot of them um timing um the way of answering pieces um application over regurgitation etc so the examiner's report is about learning how to 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 best approach your exam so so we we would say it's fundamental and it will get you focused and it will it will get you really focused in terms of your study as well because you'll see the the relevance if you're kind of learning a particular area you'll be able to relate it to to the exam so so yeah we we we're not just saying it to say it we there is there is a reason and it will it will stand to you for your next exam so our exam report debriefs are going to be coming out um during the week next week and our results webinar is going to be on wednesday at one o'clock and you'll all be sent a link to register for that but as we said come online use that as a platform to ask all your questions and make a plan for those next steps If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider. So our first news story this week is that British Airways uh, face a record fine of £183 million over a 2018 data breach, which exposed personal data of thousands of customers. I think it was half a million customers had data and credit card information um, that was breached. Uh, so this fine is within the UK. It's from their Information Commission's office. And it kind of highlights the the relevance we have now all around data protection and data privacy. And with the release of um, GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation last year, this is really topical. But this fine, as I said before, is, is record-breaking because I think in the UK before now, the, the highest fine that was imposed was on Facebook, and that was half a million so this is now 183 million and the penalty is based on i think they base it on um their worldwide turnover so the figure i have here this is 1.5 percent of their worldwide turnover uh but i think within i think in the european guidance it can be up to four percent of their turnover so it just shows how you know big these potential fines are going to be for corporations yeah and I think really that that is to show them that you know that the importance of data privacy and and how they need to be investing in making sure things like this don't happen. Yes. Um it's kind of a a, a modern I suppose the all these acts like GDPR and everything around data privacy kind of came after we had this this new modern phenomenon of people's data through social media and and you know it, it, it kind of came later as a repercussion mm. that suddenly, mm-hmm. you know, there was no controls in place for what these companies were doing mm-hmm. with data. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously data um, and the whole area as well of GDPR has become a, um, a massively topical um, subject over the last two years for businesses. And um, for a few, re- for I guess for a few elements, one, you know the business reputation so if you look at kind of what's happened there it's damaging to the reputation because when you're going to book a flight you're maybe potentially going to go to to a competitor if you're thinking well i don't know if my data is safe so i think as a from a customer point of view people are taking it um very seriously so it can damage your reputation um 
overall damage your your kind of future your future revenue but then also those fines that fine is absolutely massive so i think if you were you know forecasting within a company you would you really do need to take um take into consideration the whole element of data don't you yeah and i think it's it's um something that's being a lot more challenged by customers because i think people um and i'm sure people listening will notice themselves that that your own information is, you know, companies are were starting to try use it against you. All this tailored advertising, and you're wondering how people know these things about you. And and it brought up, and that was why Facebook got to find this Cambridge Analytica s- yes. scandal, where you know your data and personal information about you is being used by all these people, unbeknownst to you. Um, so I definitely think it's a it's a really important area of consideration, and I suppose. You know, with with the release of these new regulations, um, that's a step in the right direction. But it has to be. You can't just have these regulations backed up by small fines because that's a drop in the ocean yes. for for some of these companies. Yes. Like half a million to Facebook is not going to have any implication mm, to to how Facebook operates. But you can see now with these these really big fines that they're bringing in, they are trying to really clamp down on that. Yeah. And and as you said, they do it in terms of the scale of your company. Yeah. So yeah. almost the bigger your company, I mean, obviously it, it you need to practice um you need to practice being compliant with the data at at all times. But if you're you're massively at risk if you are um a large a large scale company in terms of those fines, that is pretty huge. Yeah, and it's something we are you can actually see reflected um, you know. Both in what's what students are learning and both what um you know professional people are looking to develop. So even within the ACCA, most of the syllabuses have now been updated to bring an element of kind of data analytics and privacy into yes. it because it's something so topical. Um, we also have a one of our CPD courses is on data protection. Um, and again, that's there's there's a demand for this type of information for people within companies mm-hmm. and for workers because. It's not going anywhere. There's, you know, with um, with the internet and with all these um, online platforms that you're continuously entering your data into, that's not going to change. But mm-hmm. what needs to change, I suppose, is the protection of that data and uh, make sure yes. that it's not being used against consumers. Yes, absolutely. And overall, as you say, it's it is, it is going to affect your turnover. So it it is something that you need to really make sure that you're educated in. Be it if you're working for a for a, for a firm or if you are um, about to sit your ACCA exam. So how how do you think Connor this is gonna relate to somebody this new story um, sitting a, sitting an exam? Well, as all I think what we all say is any of these real world examples that you're seeing, if you can bring that into um, you know your answers when you're mm. when you're doing whether it's in an exam or a question, so. You know, you might be presented a scenario where it talks about a, a data breach within a company. Mm-hmm. If you have, um, you know, relevant news stories that you can draw from that you can say, you know, there's huge potential fines for if mm-hmm. there is a data breach based on GDPR, the the negative um, publicity it can mm-hmm. cause. So if you can look at these scenarios in the real world and see the effect it has for those companies and try bring that into your own answer, it's going to be really beneficial. And it shows examiners that you know, you have that commercial mindset and that you are thinking outside of just the theory that you can apply it to the real world. 
So our next story is on the gender pay gap debate, which has been reignited after the US women's uh, football team have sued their national association over wages that were paid domestically. Um, so the United States women's team, they won the Women's World Cup just there. Um, but looking at the figures, they were paid $4 million compared with um, the French men's team who won the Men's World Cup, who were paid $38 million for their win. And I think the, the bigger issue here that they're having, because obviously a lot of, a lot of the wages in these things are based on um, you know, the, the kind of viewers that are watching yeah. this and the ratings that they bring in and, and associated merchandise. So it's not necessarily they're complaining against what they're, I think, you know, being paid mm-hmm. against other teams. But from a domestic sense, I think that they've said that, that they brought... I think the final had bigger ratings um, than even the men's World Cup final, but I think then their own men's team get. They bring in more in merchandise to their national association, but the women's team, I think, are paid significantly less than the men's. So there's really, you know, in a domestic sense, mm-hmm. there's no justification. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's not bringing global ratings. Within the US, the women's World Cup final had higher ratings than any of the men's mm-hmm. World Cup. Um, so it's, and this is really, this kind of gender pay gap debate is topical across you know all industries and different areas of the mm-hmm. media we've seen it in sport before certainly within tennis i know mm-hmm. um you know that i think the ratings with stuff like wimbledon um was similar between the the women's and men's mm-hmm. finals um so people like serena williams have you know called out why that the prize money is so much lower and then it's it's really topical um in movies and you also hear hollywood stories of how the female lead actress, um, even if they're these kind of star Hollywood yeah. actresses, are paid less than the men on no real basis yes. other than kind of agent negotiations. And yes. it's just different brackets. So it's something that's certainly being called out across industries. And you'll even see a lot of um, a lot of business stories about, you know, stories of, of CEOs that are paid differently. Yes. Female CEOs taken over that are paid you know, a yes. fraction of yeah. what... Um, male counterparts are and a lot of companies now are being called to release those figures and to make them that make them kind of common knowledge within each within the company so that any employee can go on and see what x person is on so there is there is this call for transparency now isn't there what there wasn't a few years ago yeah and i think um you know before people hid behind that that um you know that they could keep that information hidden and you know, there's a lot of false justifications for it, saying that, um, like the the football story, saying you know paying the men more, but when you actually dig into it, that the women's are bringing higher ratings and figures to US TVs. So it's it's kind of you know the more transparent this information is, you can really get to the bottom of of why of what, why, why it is yeah that why that way, disparity yes. is there yeah. Um, so I think you know with any of that, that's really important, and it's it's great to see because it's um. You know, it's it's completely unjustified if mm-hmm. if there's you know if there's no reason and it's simply a, a gender fact yes. that um, they're getting different money and and sometimes that's a legacy thing that it's ways that were done in the past. But I think across all these industries and within a number of businesses, there's been a real drive and push to get that information transparent and to kind of get get away from that um, that pay gap sure. that's kind of just existed out of legacy. Yes. Um, and looking at that again, well, we can tie anything back into ACCA, <laughs> but this is something that, 
you'll see situations similar to this which which come up in kind of corporate governance and ethical questions um probably more so in in the kind of your your sbl type case um but it's just important that you know for example the these the us women's team are suing their national association and um, their national uh, soccer association and that is you know the corporate uh, governance responsibility of that association so they are responsible for that there's always going to be someone who is responsible um f- for the pay within a company or with any body like this so if you're presented a scenario with a company and there is an issue like this arising it is their corporate uh, responsibility to be dealing with this so it's something that you can see in exams um so it's it's really important that that you are considering when when there are issues like this you consider who is responsible mm-hmm. and, and what impact that can have and how they can impl- um, implement structures that avoid this yes. whether it's you know some companies have remuneration committees there there are a lot of practices um, that you can have to ensure good governance and with good governance it would avoid situations like this each week at the end of the show we answer questions sent in by our listeners you can send in your questions by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at learnsign. Okay, so, and now we are moving on to our student questions. So, um, Connor, Todd from Qatar has sent us in a question and he says, what do I do if I fail with a mark of 45% to 49% for the third time? Okay, and th- th- again, this is this is probably the main question we're going to see on Wednesday when people yeah. have got the results because so many students fall within that bracket, and it is the hardest one to take. You're yes. so close, and it's it's really just one little bit of the exam, mm-hmm. um, one maybe question you answered a, a little worse that you've lost those few vital marks that get you below. So it's a very difficult situation to be in. I do, of course, sympathise. Um, with anyone who finds themselves that side of the mm-hmm. pass mark uh, but it's it's again coming back to that idea of if he does and hopefully Todd um, the results haven't come out so hopefully you don't find yourself in that this time but it's really about assessing your next steps and sometimes what that means is taking a break from that subject Yes. because I think if you failed anything three times it, it's probably worth taking a break trying a different subject changing your approach to study and coming back to that um if you fail any exam even for the first time i'd always advise people to go back and look at their study approach look at what they could have done differently Mm. and look at maybe why they fell down what area of their technique but really if you're failing an exam and looking to do it again you you have to change up the approach you had to study because it didn't necessarily work that first time um so that's you know, unfortunate to say that is a situation some people are going to find themselves in on Monday. Um, it's just about looking at your next steps, whether you're better off taking a break from that subject and doing a different subject and trying differently and getting that confidence up, not losing motivation, you know, studying something new that you can be a bit more interested mm-hmm. in. Um, but really, when you f- fall in that that really small percentage, I, I would say anything kind of from 40 up to 50, it just comes down to your exam technique and maybe how you built that exam technique into your study. And that's something that you can you really need to change going to the next subject because it's not a theory issue if you've got that mark. It's just how you're approaching the exams. 
Um, and we have a lot of, you know, we, we run a lot of different um, video series and webinars about exam technique. Um, I know we did another podcast, which is, you know, the five steps to 51%, which is really highlighting for people who find themselves within that, how you get over that mark. So we do run a lot of stuff for that. Um, so for anyone who does find that themselves in that position, by all means, get onto us, come onto the webinar on Wednesday and we'll really, you know, give you the advice, give you the next steps and give you kind of the footpath to ensure that you don't find yourself in that same position mm-hmm. after the September exams. Um, but we really hope, Todd, that you don't find yourself in that position. Um, but for anyone who does, on Wednesday, we'll be there to give you, you know, really clear advice on yeah. what you should be thinking and going yeah. forward. Yeah, it is a common question. Yeah, and um, we're going to just do that question today because the, the main question that came in um, when we were looking at them this week was what to do if I fail yeah. and what do I do if I fail? Yeah. I'm worried I failed and all yeah. these things around failing, but it's really not worth, to, don't think about that at the moment. Yes. Don't, you know, there's nothing you can do now. Don't let yourself get into a, a kind of ball of stress mm-hmm. before the results Monday. But if you do find yourself in that position Monday, we're going to go through all those options in our webinar on Wednesday. Um, but before we finish up, what we will say is the best of luck to everyone with their exam results. Really, we hope for everyone listening that that you're you're not in that fail position, that everyone gets their pass and they can keep moving uh, forward and go on to the next subject. So from everyone at Learn Signal, the best of luck. Um, but regardless of a pass or fail, we'll be running that results webinar where we do help you with um, with all the next steps regardless. Absolutely. Good luck, everyone. So, yep, yeah, good luck, everyone, from us at Learn Signal, and thank you for listening. Thank you.